Okay, so what do you do if you're a car maker and complying with one law means you're going to be breaking another completely different law? This is not an abstract concept, it just happened. So welcome to the wacky world of Automotive Catch 22. I'm John Cadogan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap <laughs> every damn day. And thank God it's that. And not wearing a wig and a dress all the live long day and making the big calls for society. This, it's outrageous and hilarious. That's something of a paradox because I'm outraged and laughing uncontrollably. Down there. In fact, if you wrote this as a comedy piece for Netflix or Amazon or something, guaranteed a wonk in a suit from the studio. He's going to ring you and counsel you, however, diplomatically, to stop smoking friggin' crack in the writer's room and instead perhaps come up with a plot that's ever so slightly more believable. So here we go. Let us crank up society's dipshittery machine and see what it poops out today. Back in 2017, a dude named Zelko Begovich, and I hope I didn't mangle that, no disrespect is intended, but henceforth I'm going to call him by my proposed rap name for him so as I don't cause ongoing offence or throw my friggin' tongue out. I have some sympathy for Zbeg's overall position on this. See, he bought a new Triton GLS 4x4 wanking chariot. There's nothing wrong with that. Approved, dude. I even own one. It's a 2019 GSR, like tomato, tomato. More masturbatory potential with mine, perhaps slightly. It's been great, by the way. I love the way Ranger and Hilux owners look down on it in traffic, even though like, I saved 12 grand. Anyway, ZBEG noted a discrepancy between the fuel sticker claimed consumption that's the ADR one, which is there by law when you buy the car new. A discrepancy between that and his non-frightened Triton's actual fuel consumption as he drove through, you know, downtown Shitsville. That's not uncommon either, incidentally, seeing as how actual fuel consumption on the majority of vehicles is typically substantially shitter than that which is prick-teased by law on the official fuel sticker. What is unusual in this case is that ZBEG issued Mitsubishi with a sandpaper suppository orbiting this problem. 36 grit, too. Ouch. That went in via Dictator Dan's consumer court. ZBEG wanted a full refund because he alleged the vehicle had failed to do what was promised, i.e. drink less than it did. If a product fails to meet the manufacturer's claims, right, that's a violation of the acceptable quality consumer guarantee, which is dealt with, if memory serves, under the rubric of Section 19, or is it Section 18 of Australian Consumer Law? I forget in the moment. The judge in this first hearing, okay, he found for Zbeg, which was nice for him, I'm sure, leaving Mr. Begg with his hand out expecting a nice fat stack of refund cash <laughs> and leaving the dealer and Mitsubishi officially guilty of misleading or deceptive conduct for obeying the law, right? 
Because details matter, it's kind of important to realise that the official fuel tests are mandated under federal law. Manufacturers cannot choose not to perform these tests. You cannot sell a new car in this formerly non-shit nation without doing those tests. The tests have to be done in a precisely particular way. There is a standard. It's very demanding. Lots of laboratory controls have to be in place. It has to be done in an independent, accredited, NATA-registered friggin' laboratory. It's very hard to fudge. And Mitsubishi did all that. They jumped through all of the mandated hoops. There is no suggestion by any party of which I'm aware, at least, that any Volkswagen-esque criminal cheating shitheadery took place. Okay? Manufacturers are required to put the official consumption numbers on the car, on that mandated sticker. It's not optional. And in fact, the only claims they may make about fuel consumption are those which flow from those official tests. So all of these acts, right? The testing, the sticker, and the consumption numbers on the sticker are those required to be done by federal vehicle homologation laws. And Mitsubishi complied fully. On this, there is no doubt, okay? Unfortunately, the regulatory standard here is, let's be kind, more than a little fucked, meaning it does not line up especially well with the kind of consumption that owners get when they actually drive the car out in, you know, reality. And again, there is no suggestion at any level that Mitsubishi has been in any way gaming the friggin' system. In fact, I have lost track of the number of calls I've taken over the years live on air on Sydney radio or emails I've answered and they're all from disgruntled owners across every brand whose cars have had more of a drinking problem than they were advised by the official sticker. The numbers on the stickers are really only useful in the context of comparing, say, a Triton with a Hilux with a Ranger or something, or, you know, a Corolla with an i30 and a Mazda 3, or some other competitive boxed set for some prospective purchaser. Anywho, Mitsubishi and the dealer appealed the initial refund decision, and the judge at the appeal dismissed their appeal. The old sex and travel ruling is essentially what they got. So, legally... Zbeg still gets his refund and those parties on the automotive side remain convicted of misleading and deceptive bastardry for obeying federal homologation laws. Anywho, anywho, Mitsubishi and the dealer had a meeting and decided, words to the effect of, fuck that, we're going to take this to the Supreme Court of Danistan. We've got three grounds for appeal plus a constitutional challenge. Take that, legal system. So they called, you know, Denny Crane, actually a firm called Thompson Greer, which does a hell of a Christmas party, I'm told. And they booked a front row seat at Supreme Court Central in Vicwegia. They blow dried all of their lawyer wigs and their man dresses. They got them freshly starched. They polished their red shoes from the Vatican. Not sure about that last one. But it was quite the show, okay? That was back on the 24th of May. And just 10 weeks later, 
like sense of urgency legal system, the Supreme Court of Vicwegia handed down its verdict. Leave to appeal was granted, right? But the appeal itself was flat out dismissed. At this point, I suppose Einstein is like down there spinning in his grave and he's going like, well, you ran the same experiment over and over. What did you mother lovers expect? The grounds for Mitsubishi's appeal were basically, point number one, sticking a legally required and otherwise standards compliant label on a car cannot constitute an act of misleading or deceptive conduct. Okay. Number two, the label was neither misleading nor deceptive because it faithfully represented the results of actual standardised tests. Number three, the label did not promise that the results on it could be attained by ZBEG's vehicle. And the constitutional challenge was basically that compliance with fuel standard tests beats consumer law. And that was only if push came to shove and the judges told them to shove their appeal grounds one through three inclusive. So anyway, there's a somewhat lengthy 119 point judgment on all of this. I'll put a link in the description if you'd like to inflict it upon yourself, but it is very heavy going. So pour yourself a stiff one. But essentially the result is a huge shit sandwich for Mitsubishi with a triple helping of fuck off a Rooney on the side. At this point, I suppose, Zbeg is almost certainly going to get his cash back, and the cost of taking this fight that far has got to be like orders of magnitude higher than the cost of the actual refund. And I guess they probably only did it because of the precedent-setting principle that was in play. Speaking of which, it seems that potentially at least, every fuel consumption sticker in Shitsville could be found to be misleading and deceptive in the same way. So I suppose we could all get our money back over the car industry's collective misleading and deceptive compliance bastardry by complying with legally mandated fuel economy test standards. And what then? Does every car maker then sue the federal government for mandating their participation in these acts of misleading deception? Do car makers reimburse us and then the taxpayer reimburse them from consolidated revenue, essentially? As a wealth redistribution scheme, that's almost as bad as friggin' JobKeeper, as I see it. Now, if you're a lawyer... Sorry to hear that, dude. You must have been quite bad in a previous life. But kindly explain to me in words of, you know, less than two syllables, if compliance with one law causes you to break law number two and compliance with law number two means you've got to break the first law, how do you choose what flavour of lawbreaker you intend to be? Go figure that a bunch of men in dresses wearing wigs, not that there's anything wrong with that, have been unable to deconflict the bazillion pages of statutes and standards currently on the books. <laughs>